to the Not Old Better Show, the show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang. (laughs) I'm laughing already, but (laughs) welcome, everybody, to the Not Old Better Show Art of Living interview series on radio and podcast, where we explore the joys, challenges, and humor of aging. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and today's episode is brought to you by Journey, Perfect Sleep Chair, and Crunch Labs. We have a truly special episode for you. Joining us is a man who spent over four decades lighting up television screens and comedy stages alike. Winner of five Emmy Awards, Fritz Coleman is a legend in the world of laughter and a master of weaving humor into the tapestry of aging. Fritz Coleman's here to share his unique perspective on comedy. Fritz's journey from a beloved NBC weathercaster to an Emmy award-winning stand-up comedian is nothing short of inspiring. You're just going to love this show. You're going to laugh right along with me. In his latest comedy special, Unassisted Living, now streaming on Tubi, Fritz Coleman delves into the realities of growing older with a blend of wit and wisdom. But what is truly fascinating is how the acclaimed HBO series Hacks and its portrayal of an aging comedian played by Gene Smart has influenced the work of Fritz Coleman. Really just an amazing part of this story. Today, we'll peel back the layers of Fritz's comedic approach, explore the impact of Hacks on his show, and maybe, just maybe, uncover a few family secrets about where his sense of humor comes from. So, whether you're a longtime fan or just discovering the magic and comedy of Fritz Coleman, this is an episode you won't want to miss. You will just laugh out loud just right along with me. So get ready for an engaging journey through laughter, life, and the art of aging gracefully. Please stay tuned as we bring you a conversation with Fritz Coleman right here on the Not Old Better Show, Art of Living interview series on radio and podcast. Fritz Coleman, welcome to the program. This is going to be a fun conversation. I just know that. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate uh, your interview talents and the great uh, product you put out there for people of a of a similar demographic. <laughs> it is so, a similar demographic. We'll have a good time. Yeah, and I just, uh, you know, when, when I became introduced to you, I just thought this is something that, we need more of. And, and I, I suppose one of my first questions really is all about this journey that you've been on because you have this amazing career. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. You've made this amazing transition. You've kind of done some of this over your four-decade career, but now you're really focused on it. So I guess the mm-hmm. kind of the first question I have for you really is, how have you seen all of this comedy change over this period of time, especially for the aging audience, which, which is you and I both have kind of admitted is, is pretty underserved in a lot of ways. Exactly. And I, I think, um, the, 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 the change that happened in comedy, to be honest with you, happened with the introduction of cable television, Hmm. because when I was coming up in order to get your chops and in order to get your exposure, you had to be on one of the talk shows. You had to do Johnny Carson or Merv Griffin or Mike Douglas 
or Dinah Shore, one of the one of the early talk shows that would give you your national exposure. And in order to do those shows, they were pretty um, meticulous about keeping you clean and uh, helping you uh, fashion something that didn't offend uh, any demographic. And then cable came out and, and in particular, Deaf Comedy Jam, which and this is I, I absolutely in no way mean this to sound uh, racist. I, I'm talking about uh, what was acceptable in content. And then the language just loosened up. People were doing um, uh, people were doing their own specials on HBO and Showtime and Comedy Central. And there were no holes barred. <laughs> and I think what happened was that changed everything in comedy. And the bluer you could be, the more easily you got a special. And then when people and that business sort of radiated out. And so when people would come to the comedy clubs, they would expect the same sort of a presentation. Well, for those of us that don't do something that blue or, you know, do uh, do the same kind of content, it was uh, it was a tough transition. So that that was I think that happened like 30 years ago, 30 or 35 years ago. But recently, because of the, the, the social division and the cultural division in our country, there's such a chasm between political groups and 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 cultural groups that people are very, very almost hypersensitive. And we're in a, a time with um, where people are just really prickly about what would be controversial subjects. And so uh, I think we're, we're a little too politically correct now. Mm-hmm. You really hear that. You can, you can work in a club. And, and I, I don't do any politics. And my reason for not doing politics is it's, first of all, the shelf life of political humor is very short. And I, I write for myself, so it takes too long. Second of all, you're never going to do it better than Stephen Colbert or Bill Maher or whoever. But when you go to a club, you, all you have to do is mention somebody's name. And the reaction in the audience is, ooh, you don't even have to do a punchline. <laughs> People are so on edge about their particular um, beliefs that you have to be really careful. And Jerry Seinfeld made a comment. He said, I don't like to do colleges anymore because they're, they've gotten too politically correct. You can't say anything without getting pushed back. And I thought if Jerry Seinfeld, who might be the, the cleanest, most, uh, uh, you know, broad appeal comedian in the business, if he feels it's too politically correct, then we're in a period of time where it's too politically correct. So a long answer to your question is, <laughs> I think cable changed mm. it 30 years ago. And I think just the climate that we find ourselves in has made the recent changes where we're really hypersensitive about topics. Yeah, you know, I I noticed the same. I think cable did change so much because we just had so many options. Today we have so many options. Your wonderful special mm-hmm. titled Unassisted Living is on a app that you can find called Tubi. We'll put some links up in our show notes so that our audience can find out more about Tubi and how to find Fritz Coleman on Tubi. That's a kind of a unique uh, approach. But like you said, you know, back when Carson was really the thing and, you know, you had comics like George Carlin appear there, your comedy yeah. is so smart. And I know you've been influenced by Carson and George Carlin and, and even Gene Smart. 
the the wonderful comedian who who stars on the television program on on Max called uh, Hacks. I, I know that that's been an influence. How does that? I'll tell influence... you what's funny about yeah. that. I, yeah. You know, I love that show. Yeah. I don't like yeah. shows about stand up because it's just too. You know, it's a busman's holiday to watch a show about <laughs> right, stand up. Right, right. But 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 that show is so funny and well written. And in one of their episodes. You know, hers is kind of a loose interpretation of the life of Joan Rivers. Yeah. In one of her episodes, she taped in a small cabaret-type environment with fewer seats, cocktail tables, and it was very intimate. And that show was taped where I taped my special, a place called the El Portal Theater is that in North right? Hollywood. Wow. And, uh, and I said, oh, my gosh, I, I want to tape my special that way. And that, that's what we did. We lit it the same way she did, and so we stole her idea. It was beautiful. <laughs> and I, that, wasn't, that wasn't your question, but well, I just wanted to mention that. For sure. That's a great aside. I, I love hearing that because I love, I love hacks, too. And, and I have to say, I just loved unassisted living. I had no idea that the El Portal was the location for Gene Smart and hacks. But your audience, as yeah. the camera pans around, it's very much, you know, as you say, it, it's we share this this audience and, and do it do it in a, in a different way. But it is absolutely the same. And I looked at those audience members and I just saw this great collection of folks. You're bringing together these people in a way that I don't think they've been brought together before and in a El Portal setting or a Gene Hack setting. And mm-hmm. I, you must have been, you know, you must have kind of seen this coming and and building for a while especially as you watched you know career comedians like carlin and carson most definitely i i uh, I, i've done a format in my stand-up since the beginning of my career of starting about 40 years ago and i i gave it this name i don't know if this is an official name but i call it a single topic monologue Hmm. so i did one about being a parent Mm mm-hmm called It's Me, Dad. Mm-hmm. And the, the conceit of this show was that I, I'm divorced from their mother, which is true, and I, I sat in my den and set up a home video camera and just for an hour and a half talked to my children about all of the reality of my life. No no scrubbing, no cleaning, all the darkness, all of my faults, all the mistakes I had made with their mom, all... Uh, all the struggles I had. And uh, the reason for that, the inciting incident, as we say, was I was at my father's funeral and I, I, I was hearing testimony from his wor- uh, fellow workers and family members that I'd never heard before. Mm. It was like, I didn't know the man who was my father that was being eulogized. And I thought that will never happen to my children. So I went home and made all these notes on a legal pad and sat down and made this recording. Well, as I, my kids were five and eight years old at the time. And I said, even all the bad parts, we'll just put this in a safe deposit box. And I will uh, allow you guys to look at this when you're over 18 years old. And if I'm not around, you can open it and look at it when you're old enough. So anyway, I started describing to people that I was doing this and they thought, what a great idea for a show, everything in it's relatable. So that was the first one-man show. It was about being a father. Then the second one-man show was about divorce called The Reception. Then the third one-man show, single-topic monologue, was about the news called Tonight at 11. And then I did a show about being uh, in the news business 
uh, or rather my, my first show about being older, which was the one previous to this called defying gravity, which was me just coming to the realization, Oh my goodness, I'm old now. What am I going to do? <laughs> and then this one, which is a, uh, unassisted living, which is okay. I'm old. And I describe the common experience of getting old and getting through the pandemic as an old person and a grandparent and everything. So the, 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 uh, the setup for each of these is just taking one topic and building a show out of it. It's brilliant, it, and it's wonderful. And again, I want to—I just want to encourage our audience to go check out Unassisted Living on Tubi. You'll find it there. It's really super easy to find. Although we'll put some links up so that you can find it very easily. And you talked about TV news. You're a—you're—I think you're a five. Are you a five-time? You're a five-time Emmy Award winner. Fritz Coleman. So you, yes. you, you have you have really had an amazing career, and some of this career spanned TV news uh, in in weather casting. And I don't I don't want you to go, get into the um, the stand up show Unassisted Living because we'll leave that for our audience to go check out. You know, but I I thought of it course. was really hilarious how you tackled becoming a weather caster with no math or science background. I wonder if you just tell that brief story because that career. Absolutely. Well, that's based on an absolutely true story. I am not a meteorologist. I was a weather presenter. I was a weather forecaster. Uh, uh, And that's the premise for all of my stuff talking about the weather. I came out here in 1980 to do a a career in standup. I I worked in New York and I, I was, just falling in love with uh, doing stand-up and you know i had 10 or 15 minutes and i made the mistake that i was qualified to come out to la and do stand-up i certainly <laughs> wasn't i came out here so woefully underskilled it was ridiculous so i came out to la in 1980 and then in 1982 i had a friend who was an anchorman at channel four at the nbc station in los angeles and one friday night he brought his boss and his boss's wife down to the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard to see me perform. The comedy store at that period of time in the 80s was the mecca of comedy. You had to work there. So I was working there one Friday night, and he brought his boss down. And I had talked on stage about beginning my broadcast career at Armed Forces Radio and Television. And when I was in the Navy, they forced me to do the weather against my will. I didn't know anything about weather. They didn't care. And I just had a little anecdote about that. It wasn't that lengthy. So after my show at the Comedy Store is over, and I went backstage, and I met these people, uh, my friend's boss and his boss's wife, the guy says to me, this is an absolutely true story. He said, this is an odd question, but do you have any desire to come to channel four and do some vacation relief weather forecasting for me. I have a main weatherman that hasn't had a vacation in a year. I need some help on weekends. You'd be like the utility player weatherman. Do you have any desire to do that? And I was making $25 a night at the comedy store and nearly fainted. I said, well, God, that sounds wonderful. But you did hear me say on stage that I don't know anything about weather. He said, perfect. There's no weather in California. This will work out great. I love that. So um, I, I auditioned and, and I said, I'll, I'll take it. And, and can I carry your wife to the car? Is there anything I can do for you? He said, you, you have to audition. So I auditioned the next week. I got the weekend job. And then my predecessor, left and I was given a full-time weather job, the weekday weather job. 
and I retired three years ago, two weeks shy of my 40th anniversary. 40 so years. I, honest Gosh. to God, I, I say it's the greatest stroke of show business luck since that woman <laughs> was discovered at Schwab's Pharmacy in Hollywood. <laughs> woman. That's a true story. And real weathermen, real meteorologists hate that story. Hi, it's Paul. I just want to give a real quick sponsor spotlight to the Perfect Sleep Chair. I want to greet my fellow comfort connoisseurs. <laughs> I'm your guide today to the good life. Here to let you in on a little secret that's better than finding the last piece of chocolate in the box. It's the Perfect Sleep Chair, and it's turning living rooms into lounging empires. Now, I know what you're thinking. How can a chair upgrade your TV binges? And Niners Cheers. Yep, I'm talking about the 49ers. Imagine recliner that understands your need for warmth, support, and the occasional nap more than your childhood teddy bear. Yep, it's got heat massage to soothe those been there, done that muscles and a zero gravity position that might just make you feel like a spry astronaut. Again, that's right, the perfect sleep chair. It's crafted by comfort maestros at Journey Health and Lifestyle. That's a stone's throw from our nation's capital right here local to me. This chair is the Lincoln Memorial of loungers. It's got an A-plus in both comfort and style, and it's the only chair that gives you a standing ovation, quite literally, when you want to get up. Let's talk about style. Whether you're going for the presidential library chic or Sunday tailgate cozy, there's a fabric for you. Even Gretchen, my wonderful bride here who has a PhD in chair testing, she gives it a two thumbs up when she's not too busy lounging to lift them. That is. So ready for the punchline? You don't have to break the bank to sit like a king. Trot on over to shopjourney.com slash NOB. That's shopjourney.com slash NOB. And use the promo code NOB for a regal $125 off. That's more savings than you'll find under your sofa cushions. <laughs> and if you call, drop that code NOB like it's a hat. They'll know you're part of the in crowd. They'll know it's right straight from us. The perfect sleep chair is waiting to hold court in your castle. Visit shopjourney.com slash NOB and claim your throne of comfort today. Hey, wonderful listeners. Before we get back to today's Art of Living interview series with Fritz Coleman, I've got an exciting shout out to our fantastic sponsor, Crunch Labs. Imagine a monthly journey where learning becomes an adventure. That's Crunch Labs for you, a unique build box experience curated by the one and only Mark Rober, former NASA engineer, Apple employee turned YouTuber. This guy has done it all. He's so bright and he just does some amazing things at Crunch Labs. So let me share my own aha moment with Crunch Labs. Picture the joy of building, the thrill of learning and the pure delight of discovery all in one box. And here's a fun twist. Think of it as the perfect holiday gift for your grandkids, complete with classic spider pranks for grandma. <laughs> you will love the videos that Crunch Labs does. You got to check out the one about grandma. It is fantastic. So this holiday season, level up your gift giving game by introducing Crunch Labs to the young ones in your life and the old ones in your life. <laughs> Let's make this holiday unforgettable with the wonders of STEM. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. That's what 
Mark Rober weaves into all of these Crunch Labs box. So here's what sets Crunch Labs apart. It's Mark Rober. Mark Rober's infectious passion for sparking excitement about science and engineering stem at its core. With each build box, you're not just building, you're experiencing those wonderful aha moments from learning new STEM principles to a whopping 80% of kids gaining a new passion for STEM and engineering. Crunch Labs is a game changer. Plus, it promotes healthy screen time, it builds interesting toys, and even offers a chance to win a golden ticket to visit the Crunch Labs studio. That is so cool, and what a great opportunity. And did I mention sustainability? Crunch Labs is committed to being eco-friendly. The box that you get in the mail is made of compostable bags. All of the stuff inside is equally compostable. So, ready to create lasting memories? Head over to and unwrap a world where kids learn and have a blast thinking like engineers with Crunch Labs. So this holiday season, give to the joy of learning with Crunch Labs. Let aha moments and hands-on learning become the foundation for a lifetime of STEM understanding. So important to us today. And who knows, maybe a spider prank or two? Yeah, you got to check out those absolutely hilarious Crunch Labs videos. Visit crunchlabs.com slash N-O-B. Again, crunchlabs.com slash N-O-B. All of this will be in our show notes, but check it out and make this holiday season truly magical. Now, let's get back to the show. Our guest is Fritz Coleman, stand-up comedian, just a fantastic show on Tubi called Unassisted Living. He's had lots of other great work. We're going to put links so that our audience can find out more information about Fritz Coleman. I wonder, Fritz Coleman, did you grow up in a funny family? Because your sense of humor is just so sharp, and I know it's well-honed, and you've developed it, and you work hard at this. But do you have some family background in, in comedy that has kind of led you to I'll this? I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, 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 uh, the relationships that set this up, set up my career. I, I was an only child, so I was already an attention seeker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a father who was very funny. He was a, a great dry wit. Hmm. He didn't have to own the room, but he would be at a party. There'd be 15, 20 people. And my father was one of these guys, it was sort of Jack Benny-like, where he could wait until the exact perfect moment till there's a pause in the conversation and then lay a line in here and it would blow the room up. You know, he was very funny, dry wit. The other part of that is my mom was the world's greatest audience. She would just oh, laugh really that's hard. Great. That's great. And my father was very hard to please. So the only way I could really please my dad was to make him laugh. My mom was a great audience. I'm an only child. So it's a foregone conclusion that I'm going to go into an audience or go into stand up and spend my evenings trying to seek the approval of 100 strangers, you know? <laughs> right. So today with your act, do you do a little bit of foreshadow? Do you, do you tell some stories with your family, get a little feedback on what you've got? Do you, do you let your family kind of be your proving ground for your, for your audience as you take this call? Oh no, I can't do that. That's too <laughs> intimidating. I don't even like it when my family's in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm too much no, pressure. I, what I do is I, 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 I tell stories about my family and then exaggerate them and pray that word doesn't get back. To <laughs> you know, I, 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 right. I don't like to, I, I don't like to, uh, I don't like to, uh, I don't insult my family, but as 
Mark Twain said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> so I exaggerate. Well, I would imagine with the success of Unassisted Living, your family is going to hear about this and they're going to know about it. I mean, you're just doing such great things. And I, I found Unassisted Living to be such a nice take on aging because, I mean, we're all going through it. We all go through mm-hmm. this in some way, shape or, or mm-hmm. manner. What are these key messages? Because you have these wonderful insights and then the humor, but what are the messages that you want your audience to take away from the show? Because it, it, it's pointed in that manner, too, I thought. Well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think, and I'm already working on my next special because mm-hmm. I have lots to say that I didn't say. <laughs> but, but I think the through line in Unassisted Living in this one I'm working on now is that I was afraid to get old. As it turned, I was afraid to get old and retire mm-hmm. because my father was one of these classic post-World War II men whose whole job or whole, his whole life was his job. He worked 12 or 15 hours a day. He didn't like movies. He didn't read books. He didn't do any of that stuff. And when he retired, slowly over time, I just watched this man's life implode. And it was very sad to me. Mm-hmm. And I was deathly afraid that was going to happen to me. Well, when I retired... The exact opposite happened. I'm so busy and so fulfilled. I'm in the the uh, board of three nonprofits in California. Mm. I'm you know post COVID. I'm starting to tour with comedy more. But all that to say that don't be afraid of it. I've never been happier in my life than I am mm. right now. That's mm. very true. And so uh, I just kind of keep reminding people that within the show and to prove to them that there's nothing to be depressed about. You have wisdom. You don't put as much pressure on yourself when you're older as you did when you were younger. Things are more amusing that may have seemed more stressful when you were 20 years younger. It's just a great time. And I hope people leave with that because I, 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 unlike many comedians that, that I have a great deal of respect for Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, those guys are testing the first amendment and really they're trying to tweak people's sensibilities. I don't do that. I feel like we're in such a dark world right now that if you can just successfully take people out of their heads for an hour Mm -hmm. and deliver them, uh, you know, this community feeling of laughter and recognizing a common experience, then I've done my job. So, um, old is a good time if you approach it properly. Is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I agree. Oh, you, you, you're just saying it so well. I mentioned that as the camera. Uh, from unassisted living pans around the audience, you you get to see mm-hmm. the audience members and and their ages. One thing I noticed too was the look on people's faces, and you could just see that these people they're connecting with you. That there's a there's a real shared experience uh, of aging that you're you're making with these people. Do you get that too when you're up there? Are you really feeling that connection? Oh, absolutely. Deep... No, yeah. there's an interesting chemistry. Uh, yeah. When you when you are when you are standing alone on a stage saying words that are your creation and expressing common experience that everybody has, but maybe they don't put it in those words or they're not predisposed to be able to express it like you are. And it resonates with them. That's an amazing intimacy. It's a great gift. And uh, I don't take it lightly. Uh, when you have a good audience and a great connection and people often come up and They'll want to relay a similar story to you uh, in the lobby after the show's over. Mm. That's why I do it. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing gift, and it's it's a real human connection. And that's why 
I'm hoping with all the streaming content mm -hmm. and now there's some question about the future of uh, movie theaters and are we just all going to get all of our entertainment in our living room? I hope not because there's something quite magical about a live performance for me and for the audience having that community experience. It's, it's really spectacular. Uh, it is. I, I, and I have to say again, I really noticed that on the, on people's faces because I've watched other stand up comedy shows, you know, on various cable channels and on the streaming services. You don't get as much audience interaction, I noticed, but you really go to great lengths to show those audience members faces. And I, and I just, well, I, I wanted to do that again because uh -huh. Hacks did that episode. There's only yeah. 90 people in that audience. Okay. So okay. I thought the smaller audience, then each person has a little more individual power. Yeah. You know, so we're, right. you know, so we, we just cut to them. Uh, we didn't show the people who were dozing off or walking <laughs> out. You know? I can't that imagine. That was all in the editing. Yeah. <laughs> the magic. But anyway. Yeah. No, but I like that. I like, I, yeah. it helps people at home to appreciate it more, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I wonder, you know, as you're, coming up with these comedic topics because they're they're so well done you have this wonderful balance between the humor and kind of our aging challenges is there a lot where's the mm -hmm. line as far as you're concerned that, that you don't want to cross in order to you know explore the realities of aging the challenges but don't dwell on this being such a hardship well i don't know that there's a line in uh, that I won't cross in material about as you're describing aging. As a matter of fact, in my next one, I get, I, I'm doing all kinds of fun stuff. I'm doing visits to the urologist. I'm doing increased numbers. I'm getting, I'm talking about colonoscopies. Yeah. <laughs> I do it in a way where people are not, you know, it's not cringeworthy. It's just the common experience of it. And uh, so I think if it's, if it's, if it's a recognizable experience to the audience, and you can put a nice twist on it or make a nice exaggeration and use good metaphor, people respond to it and they love it because you're putting in the words what their feelings are. That's your job. And so uh, there's nothing I won't talk about with the exception of um, uh, politics. I stay away from politics. That's, that's the third rail for stand-up comedians now. I'll talk about religion, but I do it in a self-investigative way. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised Episcopalian, and I always say that Episcopalians are like lapsed Catholics. <laughs> and we talk, I, I talk about, you know, being a Protestant and all those things, but I don't do it in a way to insult their faith or anything. It's just my personal experience. So I will talk about religion. I don't talk about politics. And I don't, I don't do things that are cringeworthy. You know, the other thing that strikes me too in, in this era of comedy is the, the rise of social media and, and all these digital platforms that we're all participating on. Are you mm -hmm. using those to kind of share bits? Or are you using them to gather? Absolutely. You know? Uh huh. Yes, that's a great point. No, I, I have to. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I was working at NBC, uh, it was a man, you know, I, I was contractually obligated to NBC. And, and part of your mandate was you could only use social media to promote things at work. For instance, when I would go on Twitter or Instagram, it would be with forecast oriented stuff. Please watch the six o'clock news because we have a cloud or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, all that. But then when I retired, I was woefully underserved, uh, woefully underserved in figuring out how to use uh, social media to promote what I'm doing. So I have a lady that helps me with that. She cuts pieces out of the show, puts it out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok is off the charts, Facebook I'm active on. 
And so you're, you're absolutely right. I use that to promote the shows and put little snippets of bits in there and, and it drives them to my website and drives them to Tubi. And that, that's very, it's, it's everything now, quite honestly. It's, it's the sole means of promotion, social media. Well, we'll put some links so that our our audience can find some of those bits and and share all of this stuff. The the again, unassisted living is the name of your special. It's on Tubi. We will make sure to point people right to Tubi so that they can find this and watch Fritz Coleman on unassisted living. We'll find all of the other material that Fritz has referenced too. But Fritz Coleman, I know you're busy, and and I, I want to certainly. Um, get you into your Thanksgiving mode here quickly, but I, I kind of have one real quick final question for you. Please. You mentioned some of the, the next stuff that you're going to be talking about. Will you be touring? Will you be coming out our way perhaps? And what's the, what's that the next phase? Wonderful. I, I hope that that's exactly what, what I hope the Tubi special mm-hmm. will give birth to work around the United States. My work is expanding here. I mean, uh, people in Southern California have known me for 40 years, so I can sell myself. And I'm big between Santa Barbara and the Mexican border. <laughs> and so, uh, I, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of jobs. I have two jobs this weekend, one Saturday, one Sunday. I have sure. the El Portal job on Sunday. And so my, it's increasing uh, post-pandemic, and people are just starting to trust coming out and uh, being in live shows, and I hope it expands. And uh, I, I would love an opportunity to come back there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd, we'd love to see you on tour. The show, Unassisted Living, is just fantastic. Lots of applause. Great audience interaction. I just loved it. And um, I can't recommend it enough to, to our audience to check this out. Check Fritz Coleman out. What a wonderful career you've had. 40 years and then an amazing pivot into comedy. Um, all of these great, great jokes about all these subjects that we're, we're kind of living through, Fritz Coleman. But thank you so much for your time, and happy Thanksgiving well, to you. Well, i talking to you is a pleasure and so easy. You're very good at your job. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, uh, well, thank you, sir. And I will be following up, and I'll, I'll just say selfishly, Fritz, too, as you uh, are doing more more work and getting out there further please come back and see us because i'd love to talk to you get out I, it audience. would be a pleasure it Good. would be a pleasure if i come back there you'll be the first i know you'll okay help me promote it. yeah i will <laughs> i will help you do anything you need but what a great opportunity it is to talk to you and thank you for that chance and for all thank that you my doing. friend happy thanksgiving to you keep up the good work you too My thanks to our sponsors today. Our episode has been brought to you by Journey, Perfect Sleep Chair, and Crunch Labs. Please support our sponsors as they, in turn, support the show. My thanks to Fritz Coleman and his generous time, his excellent humor, and his new hit comedy special, Unassisted Living, now available for streaming on Tubi. My thanks to you, my wonderful audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well, be safe, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show, Art of Living interview series on radio and podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week on The Not Old Better Show. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notold-better.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not just older. Let's talk about better, the not old better show. Hi, one final thing. Today's show was edited for length. To hear the full interview, please check out our website for this episode and all episodes at notold.com.
podcastbetter.com or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and be sure to check out your local radio stations to find out more about the Not Old Better Show on podcast and radio. You can find us all over social media. Our Twitter feed is Not Old Better and we're on Instagram at Not Old Better too. The Not Old Better Show is a production of NOBS Studios. I'm Paul Vogelsang and I hope you'll join me again next time to talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.